Hello friends, I am back with another First Friday story just for you. First Friday is a series that I started for my newsletter list as a way for my community to get to know me a little better as the person behind Chicken House Press. I am Alana. I am the owner, operator, publisher. I wear all the hats currently for all operations of Chicken House Press. So it is no small feat, but I am enjoying the journey. I'm learning a lot on the way. So these stories go out to my email list on the first Friday of most months. I have missed a few because sometimes projects just get in the way. That's just the reality of balancing everything. So this story, it went out the beginning of November, the story that I am going to read to you today. And it opens revealing that I have experienced visiting my own father in prison. Now, it's not maybe quite as scandalous or dark as it maybe came across. If you read that email, my father was imprisoned for standing up for something he believed in politically, ethically. He made some choices that got him arrested for trespassing and subsequently got him jailed because he took this radical stand and said that he would not go home. He would not allow himself to be released until everyone else that had been incarcerated along with him as part of this political protest had been let go home first. So on one hand, it was a super noble thing. On another hand, it was a pretty heavy time for our family. I was young enough that it really didn't rock my world too much. The burden of that rocking really fell on my mother. So as a family, we've, we've done a lot of reflecting and discussion and sharing about that time. And it's just part of my story that my father has a criminal record and I got to visit him in jail and I have really clear memories of looking at him through the glass and him being in the jumper and just how sad he looked. It's a strange, interesting part of my story. Obviously, the story goes out to my email list and my father is on my email list. He emailed me almost immediately after reading it. And his email said, it's hard to grasp how many years ago that was. The father isn't nearly so convinced of his tactics anymore, but has no regrets or sense of shame. He learned a great deal in those days behind bars. It has impacted his life and his writing. So I just think there's something a little bit quirky and charming in that I am not sure why he's referring to himself in the third person, but maybe that's a conversation for another day. And I want to assure you as I dive into sharing this story that I'm not hanging on to trauma from that time. As a child, I was actually quite proud of him and I took it as a point of pride that my dad's in jail for standing up for what he believes in. Now, all these years later, what he was fighting against might not be something that I would choose to fight again in this day and age in the way I have now educated myself around certain issues. And I'm not going to get into that because that doesn't matter. 
But I just wanted to give you a little context on that opening because it felt a little like maybe I put it there just for shock value. And sometimes as writers, that's what we do. We just dump something and let it do its work. Let it grab the reader. It's it's that hook, right? You've heard about you need to lure people in. You need to throw something out into the water that they're going to grab onto so that they stay with you through the whole story. That is what I was doing. Does that make sense? If you're still with me, let's dive into this first Friday story. It is titled Escaping Prison. Is your writing in jail? time I visited someone in prison, I was a little fourth grader looking at my father through a thick piece of glass, a curious child who didn't know I should feel afraid, embarrassed, sad, confused. The last time I was escorted from a prison, I was in my late thirties, a curious adult who was kind of nervous about the armed guard, but also too busy trying to figure out how to spin the story so I would sound wicked cool. That's right, friends. I was kicked out of old Joliet prison, removed from the property. As almost all wicked cool experiences go, this one loses its wicked charm when all the context is filled in, so I'll let you sit with it for a moment while I set the scene. The now-closed Joliet Prison sits southwest of Chicago, Illinois, pressing against the spooky sky like a haunted asylum. In a strange way, it reminded me of a Downton Abbey estate, if you could ignore the razor wire and guard towers and the lack of manicured flower beds and suited valets. Actress Melissa McCarthy, who grew up nearby, recounts her morning drives to school and how her mother would always warn, Don't look at them! Don't make eye contact! You'll get them all riled up! As if the prisoners could get inside their station wagon and do unspeakable things. Signs in the area warn not to pick up hitchhikers. Over the years, it has housed the terrible likes of John Wayne Gacy, is most certainly inhabited by ghosts, and was the set for the 2005 Fox serial drama Prison Break. When I visited in 2017, it had been closed down for 15 years, the drabness of disuse turning it from a simple house of horrors to a house of dirt, vines, and yes, still horror. As a lover of television and a fan of Prison Break, I wanted to go where Michael Schofield had gone. It seemed like a perfectly reasonable way to mark our 19th anniversary. I am nothing if I am not a romantic. I've been to the Friends apartment in New York City, the Schitt's Creek Motel outside Orangeville, Ontario, and Cooper's Seafood in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Where are all my office friends at? But this was my first venture to a prison set. Tours had been shut down at that time for reasons we didn't discover, so we took our own tour. And yes, we did try to open every door we stumbled across, but to no avail. Everything was locked solid, which I'm sure will help Melissa McCarthy's mother rest a little easier. You're welcome, Sandra. We got a good look at the main exterior and some of the adjacent buildings. Wanting to sneak around the back to see what we could see, we began the long trek down the length of the exercise yard wall, too tall to see over, and topped with vicious-looking wire that looked far too shiny to be left over from 2002. We were only halfway along the fence before a mean black jeep came barreling towards us, driving right up on the grass. A uniformed man hopped out, heavy brows low as he stared us down, assessing our threat level. Midnight, sir, I might have said if I thought he had any sense of humor. Threat level midnight. Threat level midnight makes all the girlies feel all right from Madonna to Madeline Albright. You can't be here, he said. We were just looking around, my husband told him. You can't be here, he said again. You need to leave. We explained where we parked our car and he said he would follow us. 
We turned and headed back to the entrance and that Jeep crawled along behind us, messing up the grass, riding our butts and not letting us explore any further. He stood guard as we climbed into our car, watched as we pulled a U-turn to go northbound back to Chicago, and then he rode our bumper until we were out of town. A quick Google search has revealed there's a haunted house running in the prison right now, which makes me think it might be open for tours again. Sad that we didn't get to see the inside when we were there, but I am 100% confident that I would not enter a haunted house there. That is not my jam. Three reasons I will not attend a haunted house at the old Juliet prison. One, how would I actually know what is a real ghost and what is a person in a costume? Two, wouldn't the real ghosts be extra angry that people are making fun of them and therefore become more aggressive and therefore actually be able to touch me? Three, I've seen all three Hell House movies. Last Halloween, I watched the Amityville Horror, 1979, and The Conjuring, 2013. Both were first-time watches for me, and I loved them both. Why didn't anybody tell me James Brolin was such a dreamboat? But just because I can enjoy a scary movie doesn't mean I'm putting myself into a physical place of fear. I take my horror with a side of cat cuddles and ice cream, thank you very much. But I digress. I came here to talk about prison. The publishing industry can be like a prison, and that grand gate, though intimidating, might be something you really want to walk through. So you do, because the gate is open. But the inner door is closed. You believe in your story and your ability, and you want nothing more than to break in. You try every entrance you can find. Nothing. You know you are the perfect Sarah Tancredi to their Michael Schoolfield, but they won't listen. Seriously, watch Prison Break Season 1. Go. Do it. You try alternative methods. You email the warden, the guard, the janitor. You look for a backdoor only to be run off the grounds by a grumpy guy in a growling jeep. And if your skin isn't thick, you put your tail between your legs and hightail it back to Chicago. If you haven't visited Chicago, you need to visit Chicago. Go. Do it. The publishing industry is no joke, and it has crushed far too many dreams by betting on sure things rather than sure talent. I try very hard to make Chicken House Press like the groundskeeper's cottage rather than the prison. I am Hagrid, inviting Harry for a spot of tea. I am not about slamming doors and keeping them closed. I am about looking for a window. I am about thinking outside the box of the prison and carving a path that leads somewhere new. Sometimes it is with me, and sometimes it is sending you off in a different direction, but it always comes with connection, empathy, and a hope for your future. The difference between Chicken House Press and one of the big five is that they see the dollar. I see the artist. And if that's all you ever understand about me in this business, it is enough. Fancy a proverbial cup of tea in an industry chat? If you've been thinking about submitting to Chicken House Press but are afraid to go through the gate, don't be. I don't have a gate. Just a, hey, how are ya? And a come on in. If you go to chickenhousepress.ca slash contact and scroll down, you will find a button to book an appointment. Through this, you have the option of booking yourself a free 15-minute meet and greet if you just have quick questions you want to cover. There's also the option of booking a consultation. These are one-hour calls. It can be over Zoom, on the phone, in person, at the Chicken House Press office. There is a fee for that, but it's a great way to get to the bottom of some of your big questions if you are interested in exploring publishing through Chicken House Press. And even if you want to talk about other things industry-related, get advice, I'm open to all of that. So utilize that option. That is why it is there. 
If you're looking for even more support, I also have an author mentorship program. I am taking one more author in 2024, adding them to that list. That can be a weekly, bi-monthly, monthly coaching session in which we develop something that's going to help you keep on track to your goals. Every author is different. Every kind of support that I offer through that program is different and based on what that author needs. So don't be shy about reaching out if you think that's something that could help you with your publishing goals. That's all I got for you today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this, please go give it a like, rate this podcast, subscribe, hang out for lots more good stuff. I'll be back here again soon. There will be another First Friday story next month, and that's going to be how to spit in your crush's face and get away with it. See you then. (laughs) 